0: from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life.
1: Here's your host, Dan Tortora.
2: Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com. Your one stop sports shop and on mixlr.com backslash wake call DT. Happy to be with you this morning and every single morning on mixlr.com backslash wake call DT, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Very, very proud to be with you and very happy to be with you. So thank you so much for listening in. To the broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live, as well as going on to wakeupcalldt.com and right under the live feed that you have downloaded the RSS feed, you've gone to the iTunes podcast and you've downloaded it there, and you've also gone to Podbean and you've downloaded the Wake Up Call DT free app, which is powered by Podbean. And the Wake Up Call DT free app has now 760 different things for you to listen to. So over the last five years plus. So make sure that you go and download those if you haven't. They're all free and they're and they're all on WakeUpCallDT.com. The Mix LR live feed, right under the live feed, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, as well as the app powered by Podbean. So, thank you for connecting with the show in all ways and for going back and being able to listen to your favorite shows or find a show that you didn't know that we did or an interview or if you know a favorite that you have. Thank you so much for for going back and connecting with the show and and everything that you brought to it. I also want to thank everybody on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT that's clicked like and interacted with me on there. I also want to thank everybody who has clicked follow and has interacted with me on Twitter at Call DT and C A L L D T, as well as on Instagram at Dan Tortora Media. So I want to thank you for that. So much to talk about this morning, lots to get into, a lot going on, and, and I shouldn't say. A no, there's a lot going on. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very touchy subject. We're going to get into it in a second. But on today's show, in the first hour of today's show, we are going to peel back the orange, which is what I have called for years my analysis of Syracuse sports. In this case, it's going to be Syracuse at LSU, Syracuse football overall in their first four games of the season. We're going to peel Back the orange, essentially. And I'm very excited to do that with you here in the first hour. And then in the second hour of the show, I'm going to be joined at 10 a.m. Eastern Time by Michael Owens, who wore number 44 for Syracuse, was a running back and part of the 1987 undefeated team. Also going to speak at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time with a great friend of mine and my co-host for our live pregame shows at and Staggerwald downtown Syracuse, 117 East Fayette Street, who has the great, 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 great wake-up call-inspired nachos, and you can go out and get them today or any day. Get them any day. Get them any day of the week. You don't have to just get them during the pregame show. Go and get the nachos. They are so, 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 so good. The Wake Up Call Pub nachos, corned beef on one side, pastrami on the other. and that You know, the deli meat right there that they slice, so good. And then it's mixed in with jalapenos and banana peppers and lettuce and cheese and olives. And uh, uh, so, so good. So make sure that you get that there. Uh, Rob Drummond's going to join me at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, my co-host for those pregame shows. He'll be on. He's also a member of the 1987 undefeated team and shared the backfield with Michael Owens. So they will both be on the show to discuss what they're taking away from Syracuse because their team of 1987 that won undefeated was honored at the game where Syracuse lost to Middle Tennessee at home. And, obviously, you know, these guys pay attention to the team. They pay attention to what's going on. And the LSU game was pretty darn close with less than six minutes to play, 28-26, with Syracuse down by two and, and fought back to an opportunity with 16 unanswered points in over 12 minutes. So we're going to discuss all of that on today's show with these two gentlemen. So first hour, we're talking Syracuse at LSU. We're peeling back the orange. And then in the second hour of the show, Michael Owens is going to help me peel back the orange, give his thoughts from the 1987 undefeated team and what he's taken away from this year's team and Dino Babers. And then Rob Drummond will do the same at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time for today's show, and then we'll wrap up the broadcast after that. But before we get to anything, you know, there's there's some things we need to discuss. And, you know, uh, over the weekend the NFL decided to come together in camaraderie and find a way to to navigate through the the very testy waters of what we're living in today and that is, you know, do you honor the flag? Do you it's not even about that, okay? It's the national anthem. Do you stand for the national anthem? Do you kneel for the national anthem, okay? And and There's these broad scopes, right? If you stand for the National Anthem, then some people think that you are standing up for racism. If you stand for the National Anthem, some people think that you're the only people that care about the military. If you kneel during the National Anthem, then you don't care about the military. If you kneel during the National Anthem, then you don't care about people who lost their lives for our protection if you kneel during the National Anthem, then you're someone who is not respectful. If you stand during the National Anthem, you might be supporting racism. There's, there's all of these nuances that, that come into this thing. So I, I want to discuss this a little bit this morning because it needs to be discussed. And, and let me preface this by saying I love you all. I, I Really, honestly, I love you all. So we have had in this country the opportunity and the ability for the most part, speak our minds, right? But some of us feel like we haven't had that, right, and that opportunity. I am not going to stand here today and tell you that anybody who is African-American should feel good about their history in America. They were brought to America as slaves. They were put on farms as slaves. They were beaten as slaves. They were found guilty of every crime that was made up because people believed that they had to do it because they were different. And it's it's deplorable, and it's disgusting. So when you run into somebody who happens to be African American, they don't always see the world Well, they don't always see America as bright as you do. But you don't have to be African American to know that our history has been marred in some cases. Now, when you look back on our history, America took land from the people that were living here. And that land is the land that you live on today. Native Americans have found a way to have peace with America, but I can't imagine that it has been easy by any stretch of the imagination. Because of the fact that this was their land. They found it, they had it, and it was taken from them. So when you look back on history and you look back on, okay, America, for what it is, America was taken, America was stolen, stolen by these people, they were given to these people. The thing is, the history, there's a lot to do about the history, okay? There's a lot to do about the history. Lots lot to do about the history. And... so many people can give you so many different angles and i don't know everything about everything okay and i'm not going to ever say that that i do so the world that we live in today you would think okay there's there's no more racism the civil war was such a long time ago who cares But it still happens. And just because racism doesn't hit your doorstep necessarily doesn't mean that racism doesn't exist. Just because prejudice doesn't hit your doorstep. The thing is, if you don't have anybody in your family that got murdered, do you believe that nobody gets murdered? If nobody in your family's been raped, do you believe that no one's ever been raped? If no one's ever broken into your house, do you believe that nobody breaks into any houses? If nothing's ever been stolen from you, do you believe that people never steal anything ever in the history of anything? No, of course not. You know that there's murders. You know that there's rape. You know that there's these terrible things that go on in the world. Racism, prejudice, sexism, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. So to turn a blind eye to it and pretend like it doesn't exist because it doesn't affect you is disrespectful to the people that it does affect. And it affects a lot of people. And this flag issue has sought to divide our country again. Colin Kaepernick is not a bad person. Colin Kaepernick is not an America hater. Colin Kaepernick is not somebody that wants you and your children to die a terrible, horrible death. Colin Kaepernick took a stand for something that he believed in the way he wanted to. Now, Floyd Little was on the show. Syracuse, an NFL living legend, was on the show last week. And he said, I don't agree with the stance that Colin... I don't agree with how Colin Kaepernick took a stance. He is allowed to live his freedom, but he should have taken it to the steps of the police department. He shouldn't have disrespected the flag. I'm from a military background. And... Floyd Little says, you know what? You should you should stand, right? You should stand. Now, I stand for the national anthem. And I stand for the national anthem in honor of my grandfathers and my great uncles that fought in World War II and, and that fought in wars beyond that. I stand up to thank people for their service. I stand up because I appreciate it. But Bob Costas said something this morning on CNN that really was amazing. He was like, you know, you, you the National Anthem has been synonymous with the military, but with nobody else. Not with police officers. Not with firefighters. Not with first responders. And, I mean, I guess a little bit more now with first responders. Not with teachers. Not with... Nurses and doctors that are keeping us alive. Not with people that are running nursing homes the right way and trying to make sure that our families are taken care of as they get older. But just the military. Just the military. Nobody else. No one else gives anything to America. Just the military. And... It is. It's, it's gone in so many different directions. It's, I'm sitting here this morning and I'm trying to find the perfect words to tell you. And I just, everything that comes out of my mouth, I'm like, somebody could fight with that. Somebody could fight. The fact of the matter is, in today's world, people will fight with anything. The sky is blue. No, it's not. It's off blue. The grass is green. No, it's not. It's green yellow. My grass isn't as green as your grass. My grass is different. Appreciate my grass and respect my grass because my grass is my grass and I love my grass. We've become insane. We have. We've become insane. Some of us have become insane. Some of us are looking at you going, holy mother, how did somebody get to that point? How did somebody get to that level? Right? This is a difficult, difficult thing to navigate. But let's do our best. Okay? During the Jaguars game that was played in London at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Here, because London obviously is later. The Jacksonville Jaguars, there was a bunch of Jaguars that kneeled on the ground. There were Jaguars that stood up. Shad Khan, the owner... Of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Locked arms with his players. And stood on the sidelines. We came together. We came together. They kneeled. Arm in arm. They stood. Arm in arm. And there's a phenomenal picture. That I put up yesterday, and I thank whoever took it, of Aaron Colvin in between Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie of the Jaguars, and Ramsey is kneeling, Bowie is kneeling, and Colvin is standing, and he's got his hand on the back of A.J. Bowie and his other hand on the back of Jalen Ramsey. And I thought that that was a profound picture because it was whether you're stealing, whether you're kneeling or you're standing, you're my brother. Whether you're kneeling or you're standing, you're my brother. You're my brother, you're my family. And Shad Khan locked arm in arm with the players that he oversees it meant the world to me. Even being overseas, it's affecting the world. And the thing is here's the thing, Colin Kaepernick. Was a scapegoat, not a scapegoat, but Colin Kaepernick was a target, right? He was a target. You could literally put it right on him. Colin Kaepernick, you're bad. You're bad, Colin Kaepernick. You're a bad, bad man. That's what people were doing, right? But then Trump opened his mouth again, like he always seems to do. And when he opened his mouth Things came out that made you stop and say, is this the America we want to be a part of? NFL players who don't stand during the national anthem should be fired by their respective teams. Absolutely disgusting. With those words, the NFL changed. With the words of, you do what I tell you to do, or damn it, you get fired. Boom. Done. Hello. Knife. Cutting through the glass. You're done. Colin Kaepernick looked like a man by himself. Marshawn Lynch, a man by himself. What did Donald Trump do? When he said what he said about the NFL and about athletes, what did he do? He essentially unified people. And what did I tell you on this show weeks ago? Donald Trump, by accident, is bringing us all back together. Donald Trump, by mistake, is making us knock down our walls and give each other a hug. I want to get to what... Shad Khan said, because I thought it was profound. And the Jaguars, uh, you know, obviously covered the Jaguars for the last nine years uh, and feel very blessed to do so. They sent us an email statement from Jaguars owner Shad Khan. I want to read it. Quote, it was a privilege to stand on the sidelines with the Jacksonville Jaguars today for the playing of the U.S. National Anthem at Wembley Stadium. I met with our team captains prior to the game to express my support for them. All NFL players and the league following the divisive and contentious remarks made by President Trump, and was honored to be arm-in-arm with them, their teammates, and our coaches during our anthem. Our team in the National Football League reflects our nation, with diversity coming in many ways, in many forms, pardon me, race, faith, our views, and our goals. We have a lot of work to do, and we can do it, but the comments by the President make it harder. That's why it was important for us and personally for me to show the world that even if we may differ at times, we can and should be united in the effort to become better as people and a nation. Even if we are even if we may differ at times, we can and should be united in the effort to become better as people and as a nation. I also want to read what Robert Kraft had to say, and then I'm going to go to to, to what you are saying here on the live feed this morning because I know you you've been chiming in. So we're going to get to that in a second. I do want to uh, I want to read what Robert Kraft had to say just because of the fact that uh, that of course you know Donald Trump says that they're great friends and. Yada, yada, yada. And who knows who's a great friend of Trump and who's not. Robert Kraft said, quote, I am deeply disappointed by the tone of the comments made by the president on Friday. That was Friday, September 22nd. I am proud to be associated with so many players who make such tremendous contributions in positively impacting our communities. Their efforts, both on and off the field, help bring people together and make our community stronger. There is no greater unifier in this country than sports, and unfortunately nothing more divisive than politics. I think our political leaders could learn a lot from the lessons of teamwork and the importance of working together toward a common goal. Our players are intelligent, thoughtful, and care deeply about our community. And I support their right to peacefully affect social change. And raise awareness in a matter that they feel is most impactful. Peacefully affect social change. Now Robert Kraft's wife Myra passed away in 2011 and everybody's like you, you know you all want to ask the question that, that I'm asking how are they great friends how are Donald Trump and Robert Kraft great friends well this is what Robert Kraft had to say about that when Myra died in 2011 Melania and Donald called came up to the funeral in our synagogue then they came for memorial week to visit with me then they came then they then he called me once a week for the whole year the most depressing year in my life when I was down and out. He called me every week to see how I was doing. Invited me to things. Tried to lift my spirits. He was one of five or six people that were like that. I remember that. End quote. So. For the people wondering why is he connected to Trump. Well Trump was there for him when he needed him. So. Trump's got some good bones in that body, but we're living in a society right now that it, people want to look at it as bad. I look at it as good. It's demanding to know who you are. You can't hide anymore. You can't hide anymore, right? They're demanding to know, are you racist or are you not? Are you for us all or are you against some of us? Do you love me? Do you respect me? Can you be okay with the fact that I speak a different language? Can you be okay with the fact that I look different? Can you be okay with the fact that I go to temple and not to church? Can you be okay with the fact that I read the Torah and not the Bible? Can you be okay with the fact that I love a man and I'm a man instead of loving a woman? Can you lo- can you appreciate the fact that I am a woman who loves a woman and not a man? Can you appreciate and respect the fact that I say I love God on the air. Can you appreciate and understand the fact that I am a proud Hispanic man and a proud Italian? Can you understand and appreciate the fact that I am a proud German? I am a proud Irishman. I am a proud Russian. Can you understand and appreciate the fact that I am Russian and not against America? Can you appreciate and understand the fact that I was born in the Middle East and I don't hate America? Can you appreciate and understand the fact that I am just like you? Though I look different, sound different, sometimes may act different. I am your equal. I am your brother. I am your sister. The world is asking us who we are. Choose wisely how you respond. Choose wisely how you respond. Because hate hides. Hate on the internet, it's just dirt. That's all it is, it's dirt. Think of hate on the internet like when you run your virus scan. And it finds the worms and the moles and the bugs and the whatever. That's all it is. It's fake. It's real to those people. It's fake. They're cowards. They're cowards. They hide Because they're afraid They're afraid of what they believe They're afraid of what you would do to them If you knew it was them Then there's people that aren't afraid People that'll write the N-word on your locker People that'll push you down and call you a whore Those people aren't afraid And that concerns me Because hate comes in a lot of forms. It comes in forms where it hides in the computer. Oh, Big Booty 16 just told me I'm an N-word. I don't know who this person is. Could be your next door neighbor. And that freaks you out, right? Freaks you out, but it shouldn't. Shouldn't freak you out. Because... Fear wants to set in, and you can't let it. Love has to set in. It's very hard right now to love, right? People say it's hard to love right now. I love my wife. I love my my kid, my little puppy. I love her. I love my mama. I love her. Even though we are completely and utterly different people, I love my father. Completely different people. Couldn't be more different at times. Still love the man. I don't think it's hard to love. I think it's really hard to hate. It's diligence. It's ignorance. It's naivety. Hate takes a lot of work. And it's not that love doesn't take a lot of work. But when I wake up in the morning, I go, God, I love you. That doesn't make my head hurt. But if I hate something, oh, it's like waking up with a giant anvil on your face. Why would you want to carry that? But people do. People carry it, and people are okay with carrying it. And that's sad. That's really sad. What can we do? What can you and I do? What can we do to make it better? I don't care if you stand or sit. I don't care if you lay down. I don't care if you hang from the rafters upside down on a trapeze. I don't think Colin Kaepernick ever said that the military sucks. I came here on this show over a year ago and said, Colin Kaepernick, you better stand. Because of what I believe and what I care about. And you know what? I educated myself since I made that statement. And I said, you know what, Colin? Colin? I'm telling you to stand because of why I stand. And I stand for good reasons. I stand for love. But you're kneeling for love. And if you're kneeling for love and I'm standing for love, we're both for love, correct? So do you and I'm going to do me, but we're both doing it for love, are we not? Then that's okay. That's okay then. I've educated myself. Because when I saw the Jaguars kneel and stand... And granted, I was on—I was at Everbank Field last week, week two, for the Tennessee game. And I, I don't remember anybody, you know, making a huge statement kneeling or anything with the Jaguars or the Titans. After Trump's comments, when I saw the Jaguars stand arm-in-arm and, arm and kneel arm-in-arm, and, arm, and I saw, like I said, that picture of Aaron Colvin, he wanted to stand. Ramsey wanted to kneel. Bowie wanted to kneel. But they were all together. It was like, bro, you kneel, I stand, but I love you. You're going to kneel for the anthem, I'm going to stand for the anthem, but we're together. Because standing doesn't make you racist and kneeling doesn't make you an enemy of the state. So I got you. I got you. I love to kneel. And it's, I love to kneel before God, because I am not worthy of God. I stand in appreciation, I kneel in appreciation, I lay down in appreciation, I bow my head in appreciation, I look forward in appreciation, I look up in appreciation. I don't tell you how to pray. Right? And I'll tell you how to pray. There are times when I, when in church you were supposed to stand up and I was kneeling still. Because I wasn't done talking to God. I wasn't done asking him for something that mattered the world to me to help others, I to help me at the time. I wasn't done thanking him. I wasn't done. If the church looked at me and said, well, he's kneeling and we're supposed to be standing during this part of mass. So if he does it again, he's gone. Excommunicated. Bye see you later. No. No. Funniest thing in the world, people that go to church for an hour and then are literally mean, hateful people every other hour they have that week. I have literally gone to church, left church, gone to breakfast with people that went to church, and they have talked about people, sworn about people, made racial comments, made comments toward me that I don't go to church every week, and this, that, and the other thing, and judged me. Five seconds out of getting out of mass. There's also people that go to church that walk out of church, and they're loving, and they're caring, and they're not racist, and they're not bigots, and they're not ignorant, and they're super sweet. You can't say every single Catholic is fake. It's not true. You can't say that every African-American person is unequal to a white person. Because that's disgustingly not true. I have had an African American man, well, let me call him a boy, who looked me in the eye and said that he didn't think that I could ever have been able to play football in my life because I'm not black. I had somebody say that to me. A former NFL player Who sat and watched his team win a Super Bowl and brought nothing to the game, which I find very comical. And even if he was Super Bowl champion that actually did something in the Super Bowl, he looked me in the eye and tried to break me down. Your wife is taller than you. I was like, all right, buddy, are you. So what? I'm taller than you. So what? I'm not going to make a racial statement, but it's cool. <laughs> but it's cool. No, go ahead and say it. No, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's just that you're color, man, <laughs> you know, you know, bro. No, I don't know. I don't know. Christian McCaffrey doesn't know. Moose Johnson doesn't know. Rob Conrad doesn't know. I'm sorry. What are you trying to say? Please enlighten me. And everyone who is not African-American who is not allowed to play football because they suck because they're not your color. But that's one man that said that. Do you know how many NFL players I've spoken to? Do you know how many people I've been around? In 14 years of broadcasting, that Nimrod is a nobody. And he's fighting to be a somebody. Somebody. Not going to be somebody in my book in the sense of somebody that I'm going to listen to. But I'm going to pray for him because he needs it. I'm going to hope the best for him because, obviously, he is not a happy person. But in 14 years of broadcasting, that was the most gratuitous thing. And then somebody else who misunderstood a conversation I was having with another player that didn't even concern that player, or he thought I was making fun of his team, and I was actually just shooting the breeze with somebody who I had known, who went to the same high school as me, and just so happens to be in the NFL. So, ignorance causes people to get angry. Ignorance causes people to say and do really stupid things. But you can't say, "Well, ignorance made me do it." You're being ignorant. It's not that ignorant is a person, and that and they're holding a gun to your head and they're going, "Hey, be ignorant, or I'm gonna shoot you." People choose. People choose to be the way that they are. They choose to be the way that they are. Okay, they do. I have had people be verbally and physically abusive toward me in my life. My response: I don't want to do that to other people. I don't want to hurt anybody, verbally, physically. I don't want that to be my legacy i don't want that to be connected with me i apologize for anything i've ever done wrong because i don't want to be that person other people they don't care it doesn't matter we're seeing we're peeling back the reality of life okay Because you're having these conversations with your family, and somebody's going, tell that N to da-da-da-da-da, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a moment. That who? That N, his name is Bill. So you're starting to unravel, right? got a person in your family that says, hey, I'm gay, and somebody in your family goes, um yeah, I got some things to say about that. Whoa, you do? Okay, reality strike. We're starting to peel back, and we're starting to realize who we're dealing with in our lives, are we not? We're starting to see who in our family, who in our friends, who in our colleagues and our co-workers are just hateful people, and ignorant people. And then who are those people that are like, dude, I just want to, I just want us all to get along. When two people are fighting in a town square, there's some people that stand around them that are like, fight, 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 fight. And then there's other people that are standing in between them going, guys, whatever this is about, it's not worth it. Which one are you? Because the world is asking you that right now. It's asking you who you are. And whether you lie when you answer that question or not, they're going to find out. Character of a man or a woman is not judged by how much money they have or where they come from or what their nationality is or what color of skin they are. The quality of a person comes from who that person is. And there is no amount of money and no amount of materials and no amount of this, that, and the other thing that can shade or change reality. It may help you hide for a little while. But it will not change reality. And the reality of it all is that we are seeing those of You that meddle and that want to divide. And we're seeing those of us that want to unite. The fact that anybody wants to divide is beyond me because it doesn't give anybody a good life. It's like firing off a nuclear weapon. No matter who does it, we're all screwed. Does nobody get that? No matter who does it, we're all screwed. All of us. I I read a report years ago that wherever the nuclear bomb hits, it's like extreme and imminent danger. And then outside of that it's like potential things that could happen with you know as a ripple effect within a couple you know whatever days weeks months and then it says 20 years later particles in the air breathed in by human beings could cause cancer 20 years after a nuclear missile 20 years after So whether it's Kim Jong crazy or it's our president say whatever i want whatever whoever it is whoever it is the thing is whether you voted for hillary clinton donald trump or harambe you're not happy right now you shouldn't be none of us should be like well i got the right person yes i did (laughs) no hillary clinton was shady as all heck and scary donald trump is not shady but he's become very scary or he's been scary the whole time, depending on how you look at it. Harambe didn't do... I just don't even get that. I'm going to go there. But I'm I'm here with you today to say, you know... May, are you really happy with what we have? Are you happy with Congress? Are you happy with the judges that sit on the Supreme Court? Are you happy... Are you happy that there are cops that have badges on that beat the hell out of people because they feel like it? Are you happy that your family member who is a cop could be shot today as a way to get back at another cop that they didn't even know from another part of the country? What are we becoming? What are we doing? I'm not becoming anything different. I'm here. I'm not going to change. I'm only going to get better. That's it if I change. I'm not going to change for the worse. I promise myself that. I don't have to promise you that, or anybody else that, because that's a me thing. I promise me I'm going to be all right, because I love you, not because I have to, but because I want to. There are people in my life that trust me. They are extremely difficult to love, but what is my other option? To hate them To do what they do to me, to bring that back, why would I do that? We all have members, we all have people in our family that you literally cannot stand spending five minutes with at times, because they just don't stop, ever. They just don't shut up, they don't stop. They see everything a certain way, and that's it. They're never wrong, never wrong. And it takes every fiber in your being to not go crazy when you see that person. But why would you want to? Why would you want to live in their world? If you talk to a bigot like a bigot, you're a bigot. If you talk to a racist like a racist, a sexist like a sexist, a prejudice like a prejudice, an ignorant person like an ignorant person, a naive person like a naive person, you've become that person. Why would you want to do that? Well, how would you want to go down that road? I will never understand hateful people because I'm not them. And to understand them is to know what... I I have spoken with people that have said things to me that are off the wall. I don't like black people, Dan. Why? Because they steal things, all of them. What? I've been around African-American people my entire life. The majority of my entire life, I have known or been around somebody that's African American. Some are my closest friends. A lot of a lot are my closest friends. And none of them have taken anything from me. They've actually done the opposite. They've actually helped people not take things from me. They've actually stood by me to not let someone take my happiness, take my appreciation, take my smile away. So, yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you think people that are gay are a little bit weird, a little bit confused? No, I don't. Someone I consider my brother and one of my friends that I love and miss like crazy, because since we graduated from college, I've only seen him like once or twice, probably once, I think. Two wonderful people that always instilled that my spirit should be strong. Always. Have always been positive with me. Always wanted the best for me. So I've come to a conclusion. If you kneel, if you stand, I don't care what you do as long as you do it arm in arm with the person next to you. Wouldn't it be great if the media would stand arm in arm? Talk about hate. People hate people they don't even know. Being in the world that I'm in with the media, they could all be white. They all friggin' hate each other more than anything in the world. I don't get it. I hate you. Why? Because they're successful? I hate you. Why? Because you work for another newspaper. I hate you because you used to work for me and then you don't work for me anymore. So I hate you because my boss told me that I needed to and that's the way that makes sense. I hate you because you're good at your job. Man, why, dude? Friggin' hold arm in arm with me. If the media joined me in a press box and I put one arm out and I put the other arm out and you locked arms with me, damn it, that would be a statement. And that's got nothing to do with race and color and ethnicity and background and all that BS. It just has to do with a bunch of nimrods and a bunch of people that actually think you should love each other. Sometimes you sit in a press box and you say, what was one of the requirements of being a media member? You have to be a total dick and just hate everybody? And everyone is a story and nobody is a person. Nobody has feelings. Nobody has a life. Nobody has relationships. It's just about the story. It's just about getting clicks on my paper, living a measly existence, hoping to Jesus I make enough money to get by, and then when I die, having God say he's disappointed in me. No thank you. No thank you. It doesn't have to do with race. It has to do with everything. It has to do with the fact that if you're not my family member and you're not my wife and you're not my husband, I don't want to touch you. Why? Walk through Wegmans today and when you see somebody and they lock eyes with you and you don't know them, say, Hi, how are you today? You'll freak the hell out of them. Some of them will go, Good, how are you? Others will ignore you. Others will be completely shocked that anybody spoke to them that they don't know. But you know what? You did a good deed today. And that person's gonna go home and go, I'll be darned somebody just came and said hello to me today, and I don't even know this person. It was so cool. Wow. Maybe I'll do that when I go to Target. You know what? I'm gonna do that when I go when I go to the park today. I'm going I'm just gonna say hi to if I see somebody, there's always that lady that's walking her dog. I'm gonna say hi to her today. This'll be great. compel somebody to do something good why not and the thing is it's okay it's okay if you stand or you kneel for the flag it's okay as long as you have love in your heart I don't care there's some people in wheelchairs that can't stand do they not have love in their hearts there are some people that lie down in a hospital bed do they have love in their hearts All I care about is what you have in your heart. That's all I care about. Is your heart dark with hate? Or is it shining with the light of God? That's all I care about. That's all I care about. I cannot fathom or imagine the history of being an African American person. But despite the fact that I was not born an African American man... You bet your sweet life and everything you care about that I do my best to stand in those shoes and be there for the people that are. Because how can I be a human being if I cannot learn of my brother and learn of my sister? We joke about Kim Jong-un. I do his voice on the show and make him over-the-top crazy. But the fact of the matter is, I joke to help us laugh about something as opposed to crying or hating, and the fact of the matter is, he needs to go. If he really truly has people in concentration camps and he's not feeding people, how can the world stand idly by and do nothing? And I'm not saying blow him up, I'm saying there's 193 member states in the United Nations. Why have they done nothing? Why do they refuse? Why are they so scared? A bully may always be a bully. But when a bully has nothing to bully or no response, the bully becomes very angry. Because the bully's power lies in you, not in them. Remember that. The president of our country, I am very sad to say this morning, has become a bully. A tyrant. How will we respond as he screams and rants and raves for our power? Will we give it to him? Or will we prove that we are better than that? I want to go to your thoughts here, and I'm going to go to them right after this fast break. I know that you have been chiming in, and I have a ton of messages to get through, and I will go through them in order so that they make sense, because uh, some of you responded to each other. We'll get into those in just a moment right after this fast break, proudly brought to you by some of the great partners that I'm blessed to work with in Central and Upstate New York, and to all my great partners in Central and Upstate New York that are doing good things in this community all the time, thank you so much for the work that you do. It is tireless, and sometimes it is thankless, so let me be the one to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all the work that you do. You'll hear from them, and then you'll hear from you. I'm going to read your thoughts that you've been chiming in and writing into me on mixlr.com/backslash/ wake up call dt. I implore you to become a member. I know so many of you listen, and I pre- you know by the grace of God, I believe that there are so so many of you out there listening. And don't be afraid to become a member. mixlr.com/backslash/ wake up call dt and share your thoughts. If you are hateful, racist, prejudiced, a bigot, maybe that's why you're afraid because those quotes get deleted and you get blocked because i'm not for that life okay i don't need anybody on here swearing and yelling and spreading hatred but if you have a difference of opinion from somebody on the live line and you are respectful about it and you justify it and you're good to them and you don't attack anybody you don't attack me you don't attack them then you're welcome to be on here there are plenty of things that are written on this timeline where people disagreed with me. And there's plenty of things on here where people agreed with me. And guess what? None of it had foul language. None of it was disrespectful. If you can do those two things, which I think you should be able to do as a birthright, then you are more than welcome to join mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. An environment for positive change, an environment for open discussion, an environment for equality and respect of one another. We'll be right back. This is a wake-up call Fast Break. It's what happy tastes like.
0: The Market Diner prides itself on bringing the local community fresh
1: ingredients that are better than going elsewhere. Open for breakfast, served all day, lunch, and dinner with daily specials. The Market Diner is located at the Regional Market
0: on Park Street, right across from Destiny, USA. For takeout, call 315-474-5247. The Market Diner. Local.
3: Fresh. Better.
2: Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. Drysiglady.com. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G lady.com. With the bamboo line relaxed fit clothing as well as the athletic fit clothing. Drysiglady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Drysig Lady apparel. Green's Owl House and Grill, located on 104 West Bridge Street in Oswego, New York, is your home for all the games, all the time, Sunday through Saturday, no matter what the sport is. It's also your home of Wingmaster Jabber, who's constantly in the kitchen creating wings that have won awards, and you love to eat every single day of the week. At Green's, you'll also find the Wake Up Call with Dan Totora Live on Location Coaches Show, exclusively dedicated to the Oswego State Lakers' numerous sports programs. There's only one place to go in Oswego, and that is Greensale House & Grill, 104 West Bridge Street in Oswego, New York. We'll see you
4: there. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513. Or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Manja, Wake up call, listeners. No, seriously, eat up at Mangia Italian Grill. Open six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday at 2 Oswego Street in Ballonsville, right on the Seneca River. Every Thursday is game show night from 7 to 9 p.m. hosted by Dan Tortora with live music every weekend. Join us every Sunday for brunch at 10 a.m. and don't forget to try our famous Lobster Bloody Mary. Call us at 315-638-8500. For reservations, parties, and catering, or visit us at manjabeevil.com.
2: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash Wake Call D. Tea in the morning menu, probably presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny USA. It is the home of the Dan Tortora special that I wish I could be sitting and having right now. That is my spin on the breakfast sandwich, bacon, egg, and cheese inside of a Belgian waffle. It is amazing, and it is absolutely something that you need to get out and try if you have not yet. So many have. Central New York, upstate New York, and those of you that have traveled in to our community have been amazing in your response to the sandwich. And I want to thank you so much for that. Make sure you get your Dan Tortora special exclusively at the Market Diner any day of the week, Monday through Friday, or pardon me, Monday through Saturday for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Sunday up until 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure that you bring yourself over to the Market Diner, 2100 Park Street, Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA, and home of the colossal breakfast sandwich, That I love so very much. And that you can get any day of the week. Any time of the day. Because of course I'm a breakfast person. And I like the fact that I can have it whenever I want. And I love the fact that the Market Diner was open to that. And that they offer anything that you want. You know throughout that you can go and get an omelet in the middle of the day. I love that stuff. So shout out to the Market Diner. And a shout out to them for all the positive things that they bring into this world. So. I want to get to some of your comments. Johnny said, the whole thing is getting taken way out of control, which I agree with. And uh, also, it's our right as individuals to have an opinion. Me personally, I stand, although I see both sides, because with what is going on in the world, there is so much chaos that someone has to make a stand for it. And I also feel that the NFL and the players protesting quietly is the right way to go about it instead of creating more chaos, which the world does not need. Amen. They're not They're not going out and shooting people. They're not going out and cutting people. They're not fighting with each other. They're literally just peacefully protesting. Uh, EctoCore said it's about unity, regardless of our beliefs. Johnny said agreed. And then about President Trump. He needs to shut his mouth and worry about getting this country in the right direction. This isn't a firm... Um, this is America. And then Go, Go said, I would lock arms with you, Dan. And thank you. I would lock arms with you all too. I would. Because we got to stand together or kneel together or sit together, whatever together. Just do it together. We We have literally gotten so... Can, we've gotten so focused on the wrong thing. Stand, 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 stand. That's like Nazi Germany. You better stand. You better, you know, it's like, it's like, stand. You better stand or not? Stand. No, stand. No, stand. Yes, yes. I mean, it's like, it's, it's not about standing. It's about unity. It's about unity. Unity. That's what it's about. Unity. It's about being together. I understand people that are angry about people that don't stand for the national anthem. I understand people that are kneeling to say that it's not that I don't respect the national anthem, it's just because I want this change to happen. It is a peaceful, peaceful way to do it. Johnny said the cocaine dog better stand. Did you give me my bag of shrimps? I think about standing. Okay. Did you give me my bag of shrimps and I think about standing? Okay? I, think about standing? <laughs> I am a Pacino dog. And if he don't stand for nobody, I don't stand for nothing either. Okay? That's not what I do. (laughs) As the cocaine, they just decided to come in today for a second. But here's the thing. We have to look at what the real thing is. The real thing. Togetherness. That is what this is. That's why that Jaguars picture is so profound. That some of the players were standing and some of them were sitting, but they were all arm or pardon me, some of them were kneeling and some of them were standing. They were all arm in arm with each other. The one that was standing was had his hand on the back of the one that was kneeling, who had his arm locked with the other person that was kneeling. They were all together. That is what it's about. We are forgetting that. You can all be together if you stand. You can all be together if you kneel. No, you can all be together if you're together. You can all be together if you're together. Togetherness. That's what it's about. Being together. Finding a way. Be together. We're forgetting the big picture. Togetherness is the picture. If you can be together, you don't all have to stand. You don't all have to kneel. You don't all have to sit. You're just together. Is that not our nation? Some of us kneel. Some of us stand. Some of us are white. Some of us are black. Some of us are brown. Some of us are this. Some of us are that. Some of us are straight. Some of us are gay. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. But we're all together in this great fight to do right, to do good. You either fight for love or you fight for hate. There's no in between. Well, sometimes they fight for hate and sometimes they fight for love. If you fight for hate any day of the week, then it's hate. It's never love. If you fight for hate, it's never love. If you have any bit, a little drop of hate in your heart, then you have hate in your heart, period. You either love or you hate. You either love or you hate. And you say, well, Dan, what if I hate racism? That's okay, right? No. You severely dislike racism. If you hate racism, you feed into it. Hate is a different breed. And my grandmother, who lived to be 100 and a half in nine days, shout out G-Mama, I miss you like crazy, and I literally don't know what the heck I'm doing up doing here without you, but God wants me here, and I'm going to bring it every single day of my life. My grandmother said to me, you can severely dislike something, Daniel, but don't you ever hate it. I said, Grandma, why can't I hate it? It's not a good thing. She said, because hate's too strong of a word. And hate, hate is what they do. It's not what we do. Hateful people, we don't do that. We don't do that. Okay? We don't do that, Daniel. Promise me you'll never hate anything. Promise me you will never hate anything, Daniel. You can severely dislike it, and that's okay. But don't you dare hate something. Because hate is not love. Hate is the enemy of love. Do it together. Do the right thing together. That's it. Just do it together. I'm standing, I'm kneeling, I'm sitting. We're together. This whole thing has been about bringing people together and not dividing people. So why would you want to divide people if they're together? That makes no sense. Hey, everybody, we want you to be together, not divided. So, now you're together, we want to divide you because you're together but not in the same way. It's like, it's like if a bunch of people were supposed to wear a red t-shirt and a couple people wore a green t-shirt, but they all showed up. And you sent the people home wearing a green t-shirt. Why? They made a mistake. They were stupid. Whatever. I don't know. They wanted to make a stand. I am no, whatever reason it was, they showed up. They're here. They're peaceful. They're not doing anything. They're here. Let them wear the green t-shirt. Move on with your life. The fact, of the, the fact of the matter is, the world is not all the same t-shirt. The world is not all the same hair color. The world is not all the same height. The world is not all the same opinion. We are different. That's okay. That's where we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be. God doesn't make mistakes. God does not make errors. We do. He doesn't. We do. It is not on God. It is on us. God, why did you let this natural disaster happen? I don't have an answer for that. I'm not God. I am not God, but holy mother, did my wife not say something profound to me last night? She said, Daniel, I don't like what's going on in North Korea. I don't want to believe that my life is going to end because some nut job fires a nuclear missile at us. But you know what? I'm going to trust God. I trust God with everything I have. I have faith in God. I trust God completely. And however he wants me to go is how he wants me to go. But I'm not going to spend a moment of my my life wasting it worrying about how I'm going to go. Whenever he wants me to go, however he wants me to go, he's already written it. He already knows, and that's the way it's going to be, and I'm okay with that because I trust him, and I have faith in him, and I have faith that he will take care of me. How did my, I mean, Lord, my wife knocked, done knocked me off my seat last night. Flew right off the table. I hope you all have a, somebody with you like that. We are all different. We all have opinions. Okay? And the thing is, I went to a school where you could either wear a white shirt or a blue shirt. A white shirt or a blue shirt. Blue pants or khaki pants. Blue or khaki on the bottom. White or blue on the top. That was it. But my personality? I was wearing orange every day. I was wearing green every day. I was wearing pink every day. I was wearing gray every day. I was not, even though you put me in a white shirt or a blue shirt or a white shirt or a blue shirt or khaki pants or blue pants, it didn't change my personality. That's what this world is. You're a white shirt. I'm a green shirt. He's a blue shirt. He's an orange shirt. We're all different shirts. But if all those shirts can lock arms this morning, guess what? We're doing a good job. We're doing the right thing. Because we're all different. But if we can lock arms with each other, then we have achieved success in this world. I thank you all for listening to the show because I'm trying my darndest to change this world and make it a better place. I really am. I, I really am. And we're going to talk to some people that are trying to do the same thing. And that's coming up next here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Ectocore said, how did they take Pennywise down with unity? Amen to that. And Johnny said, oh, FYI, that I should feel that I need to thank him because he benched Tom Brady and Matt Prater. I don't need to thank you for that. I said on Fantasy Football Friday, you need to play these people. That's on you, Johnny B. It's not on me. It's on you. You got to take that in. There are some people that I benched, too, that I was not happy that I benched, okay? I knew I, I figured Jordy Nelson was going to play. I didn't know how, how much, so I put him on the bench. Not happy about that. Not at all. So, things happen. We make decisions. We move forward. By the way, to my listeners that wanted to go see it with me, uh, we better make that happen, folks. So, y'all need to figure that out. Because I'm trying to go see It. We're going to take a step aside here. I don't know why I want to see the scary movie. Maybe it's because of unity. Maybe it's because I know that there's a lot of giant clowns in this world. And we all need to get back to our kid spirit that didn't have any prejudice and unite with each other. So let's make it happen. How about that analogy for you? There's a lot of clowns in this world, and we defeat them by uniting with each other. I love that EctoCores said, Can I lock arms with you in the movie? Hashtag weird. I don't know why you think it's weird, EctoCores. I only go to movies that with people that agree to lock arms with me. And I will also tell you this, you will want to lock arms with me five minutes into that movie, because you will be terrified. So, just saying. I'm just saying. And shout out to my cousin... Why he did, I don't know why I'm shouting him out. Love you, Joey. But he gets really scared in scary movies. In the middle of seeing it, he jumped, I'm not kidding with you. He jumped up in the air, turned his body, and punched me square in the arm. Thank Jesus I'm a strong dude. But what the, I mean, seriously? I looked at him, I was like, Joey, what the hell is wrong with you? He's like, you don't get it, I get scared. I was like, yeah, but my response to being scared is not to, like, punch things. So I'm like, I'm so scared. <laughs> like, this is Mike Tyson scared. We're gonna take a step aside here. Where we gotta get Michael Owens onto the show. He'll be up in just a second.
1: This is a wake up call. Fast break.
4: Hey, Wake Up Call listeners, this is Tom Taylor, owner of Sammy Malone's, located at 2 Oswego Street in Baldensville New York, overlooking the beautiful Seneca River. We probably open our doors to you seven days a week, beginning at 11 a.m. daily, with free parking. Whether it's game day, after work drinks, or a meal with family and friends, we are honored that you come visit us. Call 315-635-5407 for parties and catering. I'll see you at Sammy Malone's, home of the best sandwich in Beeville. where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formal
2: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. In this part of the show, as promised, in the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York. In the regional market across from Destiny USA, it is that part of today's show where Michael Owens rejoins the broadcast. Michael Owens, who wore number 44 for Syracuse, legendary number that will always be in the history of the Orange, as well as was part of the 1987 undefeated Syracuse team. It's only happened twice, 1959 and 1987. And Michael Owens being the brother of a Syracuse basketball player that some of you might know, and his name's Billy. I don't know if you know Billy Owens. playing the NBA. Kind of good. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, Michael, obviously, all jokes aside, family with Billy Owens have given a lot to Syracuse. Michael came back to give to Syracuse and to be honored by Syracuse earlier on this season in Week 2 against Middle Tennessee. And, and Mike, the only other thing I have for your intro is that Rob Drummond, who is your teammate in the backfield, And somebody who will be coming on right after you, he said, make sure that you say, how you doing, you bum, to Michael Owens when you talk to him. So, how you doing today?
3: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing real good. That's my man. That's my brother from another mother.
2: Big Rob. When you had the opportunity to all come back together to Syracuse, I know that you, you you and I got to talk a little bit there. Uh, I know that, you know, obviously you and and, and Rob and and Donnie McPherson and whatnot spoke with the media, but there was, you know, about 40 of you guys or so that were there at the game. Bring me into those reunions. Do you get to do it a lot? Are there guys you get to see a lot? Or was this kind of one of those moments that you've been yearning for for years to get back together? Well,
3: you know, a lot of my brothers from that time I I still talk to and see today, whether it's by Facebook or telephone or text or whatever it may be, um, you know, uh, it's, it's just great, though, to get back up here and see a lot of the guys that I had. I don't have that opportunity to do with. I um, have connected with a lot of uh, the brothers on, on Facebook now that, that Facebook is available, but uh, to actually sit down and, and, and kick it and, and talk and have a drink and have something to eat with the fellas that you haven't seen in, in 30 years, it was great, man. I mean, there were some guys I haven't seen since I left school, so that was awesome.
2: Who were some of the people that you hadn't seen since back in the '80s?
3: Oh, the, the Jimmy guns the Fred DeRiggi, the Chief Freibergs, the Byron Freiberg, Abraham's who didn't make it up to this one, but I got the chance to talk to him during the time. Uh, there was just a bunch of guys. Um, I don't really get to see Donnie a whole lot. It was great seeing Donnie McPherson. I mean, there was a there was a bunch of guys there that I, I hadn't seen since uh, I walked off the Syracuse
2: campus. Now, speaking here with Michael Owens, who played with Syracuse in the late 80s and was part of that 1987 undefeated team, you know, Rob and I spoke about watching that game, and watching the Middle Tennessee game, the game that you guys were honored at, and then you all sat together in the stands and, and watched this game. What did you take away from watching this, this Syracuse game? Because Rob said that up and down the line you were all just kind of shaking your head saying, you know, this isn't how we played. I mean, how did you look back at the game? Uh,
3: well, you know, it's definitely not how we played. Uh, you know, this hurry-up offense that they use—it's just fine. You know, that's what they're doing today, and um, I just gotta get the guys. The guys gotta buy into what's going on. Um, I'm more of a, uh, you know, it was third down and one or fourth down to two or third down to two. I'm more of a get two tight ends in there, get that fullback in there, get the huddle, call the play, and, and 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 see what happens. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this four wide receiver, five wide receiver, and the hurry up offense type of deal. I'm. Just, I guess I'm just old school. But you know, um, I'm a Syracuse Orange man. I'm a back in anything they do. Uh, I just hope the guys can just stick with the program and uh, stay together, back one another, believing what the coaches are, are, are teaching them, and uh, come together as a team.
2: When you looked, you know, when you were watching that game and, and seeing Syracuse fall to a team like Middle Tennessee. What does it do for you know I mean I know that as an alum you never want to see Syracuse lose a game but this was a game that that had a, a lot of a lot of layers to it you know it's where is Syracuse at right now Scott Schaefer was the fired head coach now he's a defensive coordinator he's in this game against the new head coach Dino Babers what was going through your head watching a game that ended up 30 to 23 in favor of Middle Tennessee as an alum and, and as somebody knowing that, okay, here's the old coach, here's the new coach, they're not on the field together, but they're obviously scheming against each other. Uh, how did you look at everything in that respect?
3: Well, you know, I actually I really didn't know that Coach Schaefer was, uh, was on that uh, coaching staff until you know that day when somebody had mentioned it to me. So I figured there would be some added incentive for his team to come out and really play hard, um, you know, football players are football players. There's all kinds of equality and, 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 and uh, uh, all over college football nowadays, the parity is, is, is everywhere. Um, but when you look at it, when the period's put at the end of the sentence, you know, when you're going to Syracuse University opposed to middle East, uh, East Tennessee State, I mean, there are games that are, are I, I assume, that are put on those schedules to, to be a win for us, actually. You know, um, I expect to win a game against Middle Tennessee State I mean, you know, football is football. You can go out there you can get beat. But, you know, we're supposed to beat Middle Tennessee State. And I I sat down in that game and I thought that we should be able to line up and just hike the ball and and go out there and long for working hard and doing what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to win that ball game whether we're running with two tight ends or we're lining up with four or five wide receivers. I think our athletes are supposed to be better than theirs. Um, I'm sure they have great athletes. Some may be better than us. But overall, we're supposed to have the more better athletes. So a game like that, you know, you come out kind of scratching your head. My, me, myself, I wonder why we just don't line up with two tight ends and just go ahead and just knock these guys in the mouth for this game, especially at home.
2: And, and when you look at the physicality of it all, Michael, I mean, like you said, lining up with two tight ends and and just punch them in the mouth, you know, that's that's what Syracuse – you know has been for so long that's that's what you were used to with Ben Schwartzwalder and Coach Mack and and Paul Pascaloni and so on and so forth but you look at you know how Boston College relies on punching you in the mouth running the ball defense and they still do that and then there's you know so there's certain schools that have never really lost that mentality And then there's other schools like Pittsburgh that are like, hey, you know, we don't have to play any defense. Let's just try and – not that they don't have to play any, but they focus on outscoring teams. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, some some of Syracuse's rivals and some of these Northeast schools have always been who they are, and they are still today, like Boston College. Syracuse is we're in a new conference. We have to find a different way to win. We can't be what we used to be. What does that do for you as a former player – that it's not that this offense is a bad offense or the defense is a bad defense, but just like Drum and I speak on, the Tampa 2 is more of a sit and wait than an attack, and he's used to seeing the defense attack and punch in the mouth, and then you're used to seeing two tight ends and run the ball up the gut. So what can you say about some teams never changing, like BC for the most part, and then in Syracuse, essentially the scheme of the team on offense and defense is, is not what you used to do.
3: Correct. Right. Well, you know, today, you know, the, the, the game has changed so much. Uh, like I said, I'm not a fan of this offense that that, that taking place in college football and that we're running at Syracuse. But if that's what Coach Babers, is, is, is that's, his, that's his game plan, that's what he, he brings to Syracuse, then we we have to get behind it. Uh, I just remember a quote, a uh, statement that he made when he first came in about how uh, I'm not going to have this exactly right, but it was something about, you know, we're going to play hurry-up, we're going to play, play fast football, uh, defense, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to attack, and it's going to be nonstop. Uh, I don't have a problem with that, but, you know, as long as it's going to work, and to me so far it's not working. Um, he's only been there, since his second year, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's his only second year. So, you know, he, I guess he got to get his kind of guys in and to, to, to run his, his system. And, and the guys that are there now, they just have to believe in what he's trying to do. And, and you got to get behind him. They've got to get behind each other, and they got to do it. Um, he's not going to change the system. That's obvious. He came from where he came from, and he brought it with him. So that's what we got to do. Uh, like I said, I, I just like to huddle up and get in that huddle and, and call the timeout. It's just hurry up stuff. It's just, not, it's just not me.
2: When you look at the recent game that Syracuse had, speaking here with Michael Owens, Syracuse running back alum and part of the 1987 undefeated team as well as numerous wins that this team had in a huge way and in, in going for two against West Virginia instead of going for the tie and just how they played against the SEC and whatnot your team had gone against the SEC Michael and defeated the SEC which are considered a juggernaut this Syracuse team of of recent years has said yeah you know we'll play LSU and 2015 lost by 10 and and I know there's the shit of what it could has, but in all honesty, if Syracuse had made the field goal that they had missed, now all of a sudden it's a seven-point game, and the freak touchdown that Leonard Fournette had—that very few players I think could ever make—which was when the, here is Brandon Harris about to be sacked, he flips the ball back to Leonard Fournette who runs for 71 yards, gets a touchdown. Those that freak play and, the, and doesn't happen, and the field goal goes through. It's a tie game, and there's overtime. This time around, Syracuse is, looks down and out. They're down 21-3, to surge all the way back. They score 16 unanswered points in the span of almost 13 minutes, and it's 28-26 in Death Valley in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with an opportunity for Syracuse to get the ball back, kick a field goal, and win. It doesn't end up happening, but have you been able to take some positive from this weekend's past game with Syracuse facing LSU in Death Valley?
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, to go into that environment, and I believe that was our first time down there, correct?
2: Uh, Yeah, because I don't think LSU had never been to the Dome, and I don't believe Syracuse. I know Babers had never coached down in Death Valley, and I don't remember a time where Syracuse was down there playing LSU. So I believe that we had our first with them at the Dome and then our first in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, that, that environment down there, that SEC football, you know, those big crowds, those 100-plus
3: crowds and all. I mean, you know, it's, it's, something, it's something different if you haven't been in front of it, but it's just a crowd. It's a little louder. Um, for them to go down there and to be down, like you said, 21-3, to 3, um, and to, to hang in there and, and come back and fight and, and score those points the way they did, I mean, you, this goes to show that they haven't given up. I mean, Central Michigan last week was uh, I mean, a very good football program, for what I understand. But it's a program that we are supposed to win, and we're supposed to beat, and we did that. But to go down to on the road to LSU for the first time in that environment to be down twenty-one to three and to keep fighting to show the lives for those guys, you know. If, I mean, I, I talked to a lot of guys and say that some of the players ain't buying into it. Well, if they ain't buying into it. They, they sure didn't show it because they they, they played with a lot of heart. Uh, they hung in there in a, in a very uh, hostile environment, and, and they were able to make a game out of it, and, and stay in there. They didn't give up, and that's the best thing about it. They didn't give up, and that, that was good. I like saying that. I, I, I'm just so glad we didn't go down there, to get down 21-3, and then start walking around with the heads down. That didn't happen. We we played, we fought, and we got in that game, and that's a good thing. So that's, that's a that's a good positive coming from that.
2: When when you look at that, and look at the fact, like you said, you spoke to some guys and. And some of them are, you know, allegedly not buying into what Babers has, and, and some guys are, and that you didn't see that in that game. I mean, you know, that that contentious atmosphere, the the atmosphere of I was brought in by another coach to do a different thing, and now you're asking me to do this. I mean, in college football that that we're in today, so many guys transfer, so many guys are looking for that extra year, and they flip and they can play immediately. Coaches promise the world and. They leave five seconds later. Coaches get fired and whatnot. How crazy is is college football just as crazy now as it was when you played, or do you look at it and go, "Wow, you know, when when I was playing, there was there was a little more commitment or a little more of this guy might be here tomorrow." What does college football look like today, as opposed to when you played? Just like
3: you said, I believe the correct word that I will give for me is is wow. How it's changed. Uh, you know, we had we had great athletes and great football players back in those days. But I really don't think anybody really thought about leaving school early. You know, I know we had a lot of guys on our, on our team that when I was got there as a freshman, uh, they were sophomores and, and, and juniors, and I don't even know if you were allowed to leave at that time, to be honest. But I don't know anybody who who had NFL dreams and NFL capability. He was thought about leaving. We were all about coming in as freshmen, leaving as seniors, and that's what we was all about back in our days. And which course was so long ago and times have changed. But yeah, it's just to me, it's just wow, everything happens. You know, you got kids that transfer for whatever reason; they don't want to stick it out because they're not starting, or they don't like the offense, or they don't like the coach. I mean, I don't know. I was never that kind of guy. You know, I didn't pay for the coach; I paid for the university. I was there for for my teammates and for my coaches, but. So I didn't like the coach, it didn't, it didn't deter me from not playing or wanting to transfer. I made that commitment to go to Syracuse, and that's where I was going to stay, whether I played or didn't play.
2: And when you look at some of the things that, that go on now, when you look at you know college sports and and the what have you done for me lately? Is I mean a lot of it with the coaching staff. Somebody like Les Miles, who is not coaching right now. I mean Les Miles had I believe an 81% winning percentage at LSU yet he lost three games in a row which had which hadn't happened in LSU in like I don't know 30 40 years so I mean what can you say to to that respect whether there's coaches getting fired that are winning 81% of the time
3: yeah that is I mean that is crazy I don't I don't know what to say to that I mean I don't know how that happened I mean you know spoiled I guess they're spoiled I mean that's a, easiest thing you can say, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't get that either. I mean, you win so many years, you lose a couple games. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you can't win every year. You can't be the greatest every year. I mean, Alabama's trying to do it, but it's not going to happen, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I don't get that. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair. I don't like it. But there ain't nothing I can do about it. Hopefully, Les Miles, I don't know him as a man or as a coach, but hopefully he can get back into it because, obviously, he was a good coach for you to have me there so many years, He won you so many games and you get spoiled and you lose three games or four and you don't win around For I totally don't understand that. I don't think it's fair, but they can do whatever they want to do, it's their business, it's their it's their university, so they chose to do that. I wonder how they feel now.
2: Yeah. And and uh and in closing, Michael, before I let you go, I mean obviously I love talking with you on the show and we've opened up a lot of doors and, and I definitely Want to have you back to kind of go through these rooms that we've that we've opened up to a little bit. But in closing for this time around, I told you off the air that obviously I spent a lot of the the beginning of today's show discussing, you know, people saying this is the right thing to do, that's the right thing to do. This is this. You got to kneel. You got to stand. You have to do this. You have to do that. How do you view everything? Because it, it looked like Colin Kaepernick did it by himself, and he was a scapegoat, and he was a villain and then Marshawn Lynch did it, and they're like, ah, whatever, it's Marshawn, he's crazy. And then, you know, and then the president says what he says and that all NFL players that that don't stand should be fired and starts lashing out, and Steph Curry is debating does he want to come to the White House or not, and then Donald Trump says, you're not allowed to come to the White House, I'm revoking your invitation, and LeBron James got... I mean, the, the president's gotten very much involved with this, and players, I mean, we live in a free country and the president literally just said, do one thing or else, which is the opposite of freedom in a country. How do you look at the whole situation and how the NFL responded by saying, you know, all these people that maybe weren't doing what Colin was doing and and they weren't kneeling, so many players were united in solidarity after after the president's comments. So he kind of accidentally brought people together. I mean, how did you take it?
3: Well, this whole thing with this flag and the kneeling and the national anthem—I um, don't know. I, it, it's, it's not about the flag and the national anthem. I believe that was made clear by Colin when he took the knee. It's about the, the the equal rights of, of all people. Um, to me, I think that people who try to make a big issue out of the anthem and the and the and the, uh, the flag are just looking for. A, Uh, some type of excuse to to go against what he's doing. I mean, come on. What bigger platform? We've been, people have been protesting for years, okay? Some we hear about, some we don't. What bigger platform to protest than on a stage where the world's going to be watching? He didn't do anything that was uh, violent. He took a knee. He didn't turn his back to the flag. He didn't do anything. He took a knee. I don't know. I'm behind the man. Um, to each his own. This is their own opinion. Um, hey, if I was there, I'd pro- i if I was in that league right now, I'd be taking a knee with him. That's that's what I'm going to say. This is more. This is not about the flag. This is not about the anthem. This is about the equal rights, and that's what the man is standing up for. And I thought the man made it very clear. And everybody's going to have their own opinions about it, and that's just my opinion.
2: And and as and, and, and as somebody who doesn't want to be looked at as an African-American man, but somebody who I, you know, from the outside looking in, Michael, from any conversation I've had with you or interaction, I would think you just want to be treated as a man, as an equal, not as an African-American man, not as a man who stands this tall, not as a man who whatever, whatever, but just I'm a man, you're a man, and, and we move forward. When you say, if I was in the league right now, you know, I would take a knee because it's about being equal, you know, can... Just just what you can say about being a person in this country right now and and how just what you see. Because, you know, there's people like you and I that are like, hey, it shouldn't be a thought to be equal. You should wake up in the morning and just treat everybody nicely. It shouldn't be I mean, Rob and I talk about this all the time. It shouldn't be a thought. It you should just do it. But I mean, how do you how do you look at the way that the things are right now and and and, obvi- and, and try and try and, and say to people, listen, I'm not black, I'm not white, I'm not brown, I'm not blue. I, I just I just would like you to treat me with respect and, and trust that I will do the same.
3: Well, yeah, well, the truth is I am black, okay? And to me, in 2017, that we're still talking about this, and there's still places in America where they don't want blacks or people of color to even enter their establishment, it's just amazing to me. You know, I've never in my life, uh, i never in my life seen color. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. We had white, black all around us. I've had it all around us for years. I've never never—I've never taught that way. My parents have never been that way. I don't know anybody in my family that's been that way. And it's a shame that I am judged because of the color of my skin. And we're in 2017. We've been fighting and protesting for equal rights for the longest. And it's just a shame to me. And I'm somewhat embarrassed at times being, even in this country sometimes, the way it, it treats people of color.
2: That's fair enough, and it's it's more than a fair point to say that, and you shouldn't have to. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, how many years of civil rights has gone on, and every time you think, okay, the barrier is crossed, or we've achieved something, we've moved forward, it's 2017.
3: Takes you right on back, yep.
2: Right. So... Yeah, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead.
3: it's just, you know, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, it's a shame to have to say that, but it's, I mean, that's what it is. You know, I, I don't, I have friends of all nationalities. I've always had them and I always will. I know not everybody's a racist. I know not everybody wants to treat you like that because of your color. But, you know, it's a shame, like I said, that we have to deal with it in different places at different times in our lives.
2: Absolutely. And the, and the thing is, you know, we can only move forward from here. And people say don't look back. You have to learn from your history. And if history has taught us anything, it's that disunification only leads to violence, hatred, bigotry, and a lot of problems. Unifying can finally lead to some normalcy. Nobody should be judged by how much money they make, where they came from, what language they speak, what religion they have, or what color they are. Yet some people feel comfortable enough to do that. And the verbiage and the language that is coming from the place that is supposed to be in our nation's capital, has, has obviously continued the narrative of disunification, and we have to be the ones to change that. But I believe that the Constitution says, we the people, and it's not the dictator yeah, of the United States. We the you what?
3: Yeah, and it's not really we the people.
2: <laughs> no, mean, I, it says that, but it's not. It's not. No, and it needs to be. And I think that in order to take the country back to be what we want it to be, we have to be willing to say... This is our country, and we're not going to stand for certain things. I think that, and I said it earlier in the show, that people have been kind of in the shadows saying how they feel. Some of them feel comfortable enough to come out of the shadow to say how they feel, which is a little bit scary, but they've been in these shadows for so long and it's been okay where we need to stand up and say it's not okay and we need to be clear about what we are and what we stand for and and I think and I you know I believe this and I believe this since I was little. If you say nothing, if you do nothing when you see something wrong happening, you're not doing the crime, you're not committing the crime, but you kind of are an accomplice to the crime. So we need to speak oh, yeah. up. And the people that are doing the wrong things are speaking up, Michael. So it's time for us to speak up too, peacefully. Yes, absolutely. Uh, coming from Michael Owens always a pleasure to have you on the show Michael and you know hey, we got to do it more often so i'm going to give you a call within the next couple of weeks here and and as always i hope that i get to have you back on and and we get to talk and it's been an absolute honor to be able to meet you and uh, and speak with you and i just i do i really appreciate that there's people that have represented my city the way that they have and that you continue to be a person that's doing good things in society. So no matter how many yards you had on the ground, I care more about the person that you are, and I really do appreciate the fact that you have spent some time with me to talk about the things that matter. Okay,
3: hey man, I appreciate you, man, and the honor and the pleasure is all mine. All
2: right, I'll talk to you soon.
3: Okay, my man, take it easy.
2: All right, you too. That right, Coming from Michael Owens once again, and, you know, what do you say? <laughs> What do you say? Man said a lot. The thing that was most profound to me is he said, the fact of the matter is, I am a black man. And there's people in this country that think that I can't come in their store and shop. And there's places in this country that don't want me to go there. So what's that about? It's 2017. How many years we got to fight for this? Black people didn't ask to be slaves. They didn't ask to be chained to boats to come to America. America. And then when you finally took the chains off. They can't be equal. Why not? What made them unequal in the first place? I think that's the question. That any person. Whose color of their skin is black would ask you. What made us so different. In the first place. Nothing. Nothing. We all cry. The same. We all laugh. The same. We all Hug each other, kiss each other to show love. We pray, we kneel, we sit, we eat, we drink. If the only thing you have against somebody is they're a different color than me and I don't like it, then you've learned absolutely nothing. Go after somebody for the one thing they can't control. The color of their skin. How dare you? How dare you? What is it? <laughs> what is it? I'm telling you, God did it on purpose. God made us all different colors to see how we would respond. Some of us he's proud of. Some of us have work to do. We'll take a step aside and we'll come back with Rob Drummond in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Unica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu, we'd be here forever. So let me say this, Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company, call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors, always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory, real fans wear Fan Hands. The Penn and Trophy Center on 111 East Willow Street in Syracuse, New York, has been making memories for Central New York for over 60 years. It has the trophies for your teams, and when you walk in there, it's so much more than just that. When you walk into the Penn and Trophy Center, you are immersed in the reality that anything can be customized, anything can be engraved, whether it's for your anniversary, your wedding, your bar mitzvah, your birthday party, whatever you want to do with that memory, that watch from grandpa, or that bracelet from mom, or that wedding ring that's been passed down through your family if you want to get something engraved with a memory to last a lifetime the pennant trophy center 111 east willow street in syracuse new york where memories are made and where memories last a lifetime The name Lee's and Staggerwald is synonymous with Central New York with over 80 years of service to the community. Lee's and Staggerwald Downtown is your butcher, grocery, pub, and deli located on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York, minutes from the Carrier Dome, and your perfect pre-gaming headquarters with Rob Drummond and myself, Dan Tortora, two hours before home games. Lee's and Staggerwald Downtown, where you can dine in, take out, pre-game up on the hill with their meats or pre game Inside their walls, Leeson Staggerwald Downtown, a unique experience for every single fan and every member of the community with over eight decades of service. They're open Monday from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m., Tuesday through Thursday from 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m., Friday 10.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday noon to 9 p.m., and closed on Sunday on 117 East Fayette Street in Syracuse, New York. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. In the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. It is the home of the Dan Tortora Special, my spin on the breakfast sandwich, and you can get it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner all throughout the week and up until 2.30 on Sundays because they close a little bit early on sunday so make sure you pop in for that on the live line inside of the morning menu right now is a great friend of mine that is first and utmost importance with me secondly he played for syracuse he was undefeated in 1987 his team won numerous games they won 21 games two losses and one tie in two seasons at syracuse he went on to play for the philadelphia eagles was drafted to the NFL, played for Philadelphia, moved forward, won championships in the CFL, played all over Canada. He became a father in this timeline to two sons that he loves very much that mean the world to him. And he has since become a business owner of multiple different things that he's doing in the community to help train and, and help people not only take care of their bodies, but take care of their mental state and be good people in general. He's spoken to kids all throughout Central and Upstate New York and beyond that. And he has consistently done things in the community to try and make it a better place. With that all being said, Rob Drummond is back on the show. Rob, how are you doing today? Pretty
1: good. How's it going, Dan? Thanks for having me. that's a long-winded introduction for me for someone <laughs> very humble and <laughs> no, he's accomplished a lot. But you know, every time I hear it, I'm like, wow, I did all that. But you know, it's very rewarding for me. You know, it really is.
2: Well, you know, I mean, it's in the world, in the world today, yesterday, whenever, tomorrow. If somebody's doing good in the world, I mean, we got to talk about that. You know, there's those fans that are like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan, you got to get Michael Jordan on the show. He did this and this and this and this and this. But And I'm saying this hypothetically. If Michael Jordan was like a terrible human being that hoarded all his money and didn't give back to the community, but he was a really good basketball player, I don't really care to have him on the show. If you ran for one yard in ten years, but every single day you go out and you're trying to uplift children, I would not only want you to be on the show, I'd want you to be a regular. So, you know, it's, it's what you do for the community and it's, it's what you do in general that are important as you move forward, because you are a beacon of hope and people do listen. And those time, you know, the times that we live in today, we need hope, but you could say that about any time. So, you know, I I do want to get into some, some things that I was speaking with. We're going to kind of reverse it. We talked sports with Michael Owens, your teammate. And then we flipped it and, and spoke about some things going on in the country. We're going to flip it the other way and kind of kind of go off of the conversation with Michael. I, I know that you and I have discussed this. I, I'm going to say something to you that I don't know if I've ever said it in these words, because we talk a lot about stuff. But essentially, I think that Donald Trump, by mistake, is bringing us together. He's seeking to def- to divide us, but in some crazy way at least from what I see in the NFL and what I've seen with people that I talk to that are not ignorant, he's by mistake bringing us all together. And I'm not going to say it's good for him to do that because he's not trying to do it. But I feel like, can you get a sense of that? That like, it kind of looked like it was Colin Kaepernick by himself. And now because of Trump's comments about the entire NFL and all athletes and that they're disrespectful and bad people, and they need to do this, that, and the other thing. Now all these people are kneeling. So essentially, he's created more unity and solidarity when he was trying to do the exact opposite.
1: I, I can I can uh, agree with you completely. You know, the, the, the funny thing is, though I don't think I, I think Trump was trying to appease uh, his base. When he said what he said, not realizing that he basically unified not just you know not just NFL players, but anybody in the community, anybody in the country who had, who at first thought and believed in him, how wrong he was. It's amazing to me for the simple fact of you know the neo Nazis and white supremacists and um and uh in charlottesville he said we're you know some were good people but you know all the nfl players taking the knee were sons of bitches that's 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 very poignant and that's very you know very telling to me as of what this man thinks but it's a, it's to the point where we really don't care what donald trump thinks he's so you know b- below us and, and we're so we're, we're so past people like him as people not just black people you know as, as, as people of mexican descent but you know you know people of irish descent people of indian descent people of It doesn't matter. We all have to find a way to coexist and live in this world together. People get upset when you bring up the past, but you know what? If you don't bring up the past, you're doomed to repeat it, you know? So if you can, I mean, and and that's with anything in life, that's with schoolwork, that's with, you know, playing sports, that's what, you always try and learn from your mistakes so you don't repeat your mistakes again, but you have to explain those mistakes and weed those mistakes out. No, understand why people get upset and mad when you understand, yes, this was the past. Let's not repeat this. Let's find a way to move forward and move past this And right now with the way we're moving. I mean, let's be, let's, let's be real here. Come on. Let's be cold hard and, and, and honest about it. The man's taking a knee for injustice against black people by police officers in the United States. He is. And then I, I had someone tell me earlier today, well, the more white people are killed by police officers than that in nature. I was like, that may be true, but I guarantee those police officers go to jail. These officers aren't going to jail for killing these unarmed black men, women, and children. That's the problem. When a black person kills a black person, because I keep hearing black-on-black black crime, that black person goes to jail. Here's a here's a, here's a problem. We have a you know judicial system that puts people in jails for crimes committed. These officers are not going to jail. No conviction. No conviction. No conviction. Some no conviction. Some aren't even being indicted. When even on camera, it's obvious murder. It's like, come on, it gets to a point where you kick somebody enough, eventually you're going to kick back, you know? Right now this country, um, as people of color and people who believe and see what's going on, are kicking back.
2: And the thing is, and I want to make note of this for everybody that that stands on on the whatever, you know, the other side of, you know, this shouldn't happen. I want to make mention that despite the fact that, that people of color have been attacked by some police officers out there i want to make a lot i want to say a lot of things not every cop is bad okay rob's not saying that i'm not saying that no no no.
1: one of my one of my good friends is a syracuse police officer he's one of the most kindest gentlest coolest soul i've ever met before in my life great guy wish more were like him you know but but all it takes is one you know because we all know you know one two three four hundreds are you know
2: and the and the thing is, and the fact of the matter is, as Rob said, you kick, you push, and you push, and you kick, and you kick, and eventually, it kicks back. And, and I've said this before too, because Rob knows me. Rob knows I'm peaceful. Okay, and 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 being peaceful my whole life, I I don't have the desire to hurt another person. But how many how many times, Rob, have I told you that you can only push me up against the wall so far before I push myself off the wall? And oh, come, call us. so i want to make note of something that i, I feel like we're, we're not talking about enough the black community and everyone who supports the black community of all different colors who are fed up with what's going on are peacefully pro cuz you don't have to be to be black to be upset and i've said that before no, the protest against injustice has been peaceful. And I feel like we keep overlooking that is that you say, you know, you push and you push and you kick and you kick and eventually it kicks back. Well, the black community has kicked back with peaceful protests. So, you know, I think that not only it, it, does, it does it show unification and not only do everybody white, black, blue, brown, orange, whatever, the unification of peacefully protest against injustice, big word, peaceful. None of us have responded that are not for what's going on in this country. Not you, not I, not any of us that are peacefully protest. We're peacefully protesting. And that takes more strength than anything to say we are angry. You and I are upset. You and I have spoken about how upset we are. And I don't have to be black to be upset, and you don't have to be whatever to be. I mean, if, if a Mexican woman gets killed un- unjustly, Rob and I are not Mexican women, we're still upset. Yep. So peaceful protest, though let us let's, let's discuss that 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 as mad as you are and as mad as i am we peaceful
1: there's no reason to go out there and be violent i mean it's a, that, that's that's solved nothing you know through, throughout the annals of history you know all, all i mean you hear this you know you know you know if you don't like the way america is you know you know, you know leave it's like america is is, is built off immigrants and, and unless you're native american you know uh or Native Indian, you know, you came over. Your ancestors came over here on boats, also, you know. So who are you to say that this this is somebody else's country? In the leave, you know, we're trying to get it to a point. It's and it and to me, it's just that, as I said again, with history, you go back and look at it, you know, I, and you know, black people, you know, have fought everything they ever ever had to earn in this country. We had to fight for the right to be free. We had to fight for the right to go to school. We had to fight for the right to be able to read. We had to fight for the right to be able to vote. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Did white people have to fight for those same rights? No. You know, so when we sit here and we fight and we're telling you something's wrong, listen, you know, it's like, I mean, and I'm glad that it never, like, so, so, so somebody the other day, it's like, you know, when is the perfect time to protest? Please tell me when. If there's some manual or some log out there that shows, or at nine o'clock on a Saturday, you know, or on the fifth day of the month, it's a perfect time. You know, it's the best time to protest. No, if he, he's gotten that message out loud and clear worldwide, and I'm glad now pe- people still are ignorant to the fact that they don't understand why these men are taking a knee. It, it amazes me, with an educated society that I live in, in the United States, that some people are just so blind and so dumb and care only about, care so much about a flag and an anthem, that when the protest is about people being killed and the people doing it not being convicted, there it is. <laughs> the men who are killing these unarmed, innocent young black men, and women, and children are not being convicted. Some aren't even being brought to trial. Some aren't even being arrested. That's what they're kneeling for, Dan. That's what they're kneeling for. Wow.
2: And when we see that, and we see this, you know, this, this outpouring of support. Now, Robert Kraft of the New England Patriots, he, the owner of the Patriots, Donald Trump has said repeatedly, he's a great friend, he's a great friend, he's a great friend, he loves me, he's a great friend, he's a great friend. And and I read earlier today of people saying, well, you know, you want to know how does how do how do they know each other? And Robert Kraft in 2011, his wife Mira passed away, and when she passed away, Donald came to the synagogue with with Melania. They were t- they were there in support, and they called Robert Kraft for like a year, every single week. Are you okay? Come out to this event. Get out of the house. Let's let's do something positive. So he, he admits that. He said, Listen, this is this is why, because Donald was good to me when my wife passed away. But the other side of it is that Robert Kraft came out with this statement of saying, Listen, our players are good people. Our players work very, very hard. They do a lot in the community to to call them names, to say that they should be fired. You know, this the, this is not something that Kraft stands for. Then for the Jaguars, who rob, you you know that I've been Connected with and covering for years, I read Shad Khan's statement. Shad Khan is is not white, nor is he, nor is he black. I mean, Shad Khan is somebody who, you know, is is of a descent that you know he believes what he believes, he does what he does. He owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he said this: "It was a privilege to stand on the sidelines with the Jaguars today for the playing of the U.S. anthem at Wembley Stadium in London. I met with our team captains prior to the game to express my support for them." All NFL players and the league following the divisive and contentious remarks made by President Trump and was honored to be arm in arm with them, their teammates and our coaches during our anthem. Our team in the National Football League reflects our nation with diversity coming in many forms, race, faith, our views and our goals. We have a lot of work to do and we can do it. But the comments by the president make it harder. That's why it was important for us and personally for me to show the world that even if we may differ at times, we can and should be unified in the effort to become better as people and as a nation. And he stood on the sideline arm-in-arm with the players that he oversees and that beautiful, beautiful picture of three guys that I have interviewed and spoken with and been in the locker room with, Aaron Colvin, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bowie, that Aaron Colvin is standing, Jalen Ramsey is kneeling on one side, A.J. Bowie's kneeling on the other side, A.J. and Jalen are arm-in-arm with the guys kneeling with them, and because Aaron Colvin chose to stand, he was still unified, he stood in between them, with his hand on the back of Jalen and his other hand on the back of AJ. And I thought that that was such a profound thing, that whether you're you're standing or you're kneeling, I'm with you guys. You are my brothers. You are my family. I am not okay with this. Maybe I want to stand because, to me, it means something to me about the military. But I'm also not for the injustice of what's happened to black people and what's happened to people of color over the years. So I'm going to put my hand on your back and I'm going to hold on to you because you're my family, whether I'm standing or kneeling. I thought that that was such a profound picture. And I thought it really said something about no matter what you believe, at least like Shad Khan said, even though we differ, we can and should be able to unify to become better.
1: I mean, it's just it's 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 2017. I mean, I, 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 are you kidding me? And stuff like this is still going on? You know, really? I mean, it, 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 I, mean I, just, I turned 50 this year. And in retrospect, I, I thank God for the chance for me to be able to have someone like Donald Trump as a leader of this free nation so I can explain evil to my sons. You know, I can explain to my sons how not to be as human beings. Never discourage, never disavow anybody, you know, unless they're hurting, killing or, you know, then you can disavow them. But if somebody's just trying to live, somebody who's just, you know, just trying to be a part and fit into a society and they're, you know, and they're they're not a criminal or not doing anything bad, accept them. Here's a man that does not accept people because they are different, because he thinks he's better. Don't you ever think you're better than anybody else. this is me talking to my children, because at the end of the day, we all got to be buried in the same ground, you know? And then we've all got to answer to God, and God's going to ask you, "Why did you treat those people differently? Because they were different than you. They didn't do anything to you. They didn't. What did Mexican Mexican children, you know, or Muslim children trying to come to this country, you know, to have a free life or a better life, they're running from due to Donald Trump? Are you kidding me, really?" Yeah. I understand we have laws and rules that they have to go through things of that nature we get it but you know what the, 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 the image of a five-year-old boy crying at the airport from being banned to coming in this country who has nothing to do with terrorists you know and just crying for his mother is is disheartening and sickening for someone like uh, for, for a father like myself who's held his children and did nothing but want the best for my children i work my behind as hard as i can every single day so i can have a better future for my children and someone like him is going to be a, is unraveling it all, and not just with me, but every other parent across this country. Shame on him. Shame on this country for even electing that man. And I, I can't wait to get rid of him because, you know, in, in a sense, it just shows us, it just shows me how not to be as a human being, and it strengthens me being a better human being every day seeing someone like him.
2: Well, and the thing is, you brought up, you know, the kid crying in an air, you know, I, I know we had talked about, you know, parents being <clears throat> parents being separated for their children, are unable to get their children in an airport. And the thing is, that child is not a terrorist, but <laughs> Donald Trump or people that, not allow, that don't allow the child in the country, that child will never forget that. And as much as you're saying, well, that child can't come in the country because they're from a terrorist country, guess what? That child might become a terrorist in order to get back at Donald Trump in the future, so by turning away people you think are terrorists, you could be creating more of them.
1: Yeah, I say who's, who's, that's not the child's fault, right? Child, you know, children. Children learn what we teach them. So, what do we? Te- what did? What did Trump teach that child as an adult? To hate. Ta- taught that child to hate. <laughs> you know, he taught him hate.
2: And we want to be clear. You and I didn't think there was a good candidate for president this
1: time around. No, I did not. Uh, trust me. I, I I thought Hillary Clinton is a horrible person, also. But once again, like I said, I'm a father, and what she said about the the Benghazi may have been may have been a whole a, a total you know mess up, about blah, 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 whatever. People died, and for her to say, "What does it really matter?" It's like, how dare you? If your daughter had died, you don't understand how much it mattered. People lost their loved ones. And trust me from from personal experience of losing a loved one to murder i know how much it hurts so for me to hear that statement from her just told me she was a cold woman and i, I can't I, I gotta go with my conscience uh, I, I could i could never vote for people you know who just who just have, have cold hearts towards others i mean I, i'm the most humble kind i mean if i saw someone walking up i saw a clansman walking down the street and he was injured and needed my help i would help him you know because that's that's a human side in me you know I mean, it's just... Sometimes I just don't understand people. I wish sometimes I could just take my children and just go up to a deserted island and just leave some people alone because some people just will, will never, ever, ever get it. They just won't.
2: No, oh. And and it's the unfortunate part of this, but the positive of it is... is, uh, is, is Drummond Tortora 2020, so make sure that you write that down. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rob, to get to the, the football side of things, I, I want to... I want to go to the the game that, that you were honored at. You and I spoke about it a little bit, but I was talking with your teammate and and backfield guy uh, Michael Owens, you know, you guys spent so much time in the backfield in the running back room on the on the field together in these games and then you, you know, you sit together and you watch the Middle Tennessee game and he made a statement he said listen no disrespect to middle tennessee no disrespect to their athletes but he's like i would assume that we put those games on our schedule because we're supposed to beat them we're supposed to beat them we're supposed to be better than them we didn't do that but we're supposed to you know so he made that statement and 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 kind of up and down the line you know the team that he sees on the field is not like the team you guys had so i wanted to speak with with you about that about what you saw on the field comparative to what Syracuse football used to look like, and not just wins and losses, just the scheming and just how the team looked on the field. Because you said watching the game with your with your former teammates, that you know you guys saw something that was that was very different. I, I mean, they, they just they look
1: apprehensive. I mean, it, it, from a standpoint, of, I remember when, when we played, it was it was smash mouth football. You know, we just lined up and we we pounded you to you know to you submit it. You know, it, it's just, it, it, it wasn't about, it was about not just winning the battle, but, but winning the war also in these games. I mean, like, Middle Tennessee pushed Syracuse up and down that field. You know, and, and, and that was, I was like, wow. I mean, like, at the, at the beginning of the year, everyone looks at the schedule. And you look at games, and jokingly, we used to go, like, no disrespect to the other team, but you, we, we used to call them stats games because we knew there were games we were supposed to win. We were the bigger team. We were the faster team. We were the more dominant team. We were the better team. We knew that. So we circled these games off as, all right, this is a game we got to dominate. And he didn't look like that out there. I mean, it just seems—it just seems more to me that this this current uh, Syracuse uh, era of athletes is more concerned with fast, 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 offense, 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 glory, 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 as opposed to you know strong offense, stop my defense, good special team, strong offense, you know, stop my defense, good special team. You know, it's just a different philosophy. And, and I know they probably have a tougher conference than playing in the ACC, but at some point, if you want to compete with the big boys, you got to get better. and You got to believe in yourself. Maybe they should go to a practice like we did before, having the, the starting offense against the starting defense lineup once a week and just go at it. You know, have your best players going against your best players because that's how you get better. You don't get better going against the third and fourth and 15. You get the best. You get better always going against the best players. And I just didn't see that 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 fight, that dog, that you know that I saw it against LSU. I didn't see it against Middle Tennessee in a game that when you're home, you should dominate and you should win.
2: Speaking here with Rob Drummond, former Syracuse football player. And, Rob, I want to – you just said it. You said, I didn't see the fight against Middle Tennessee, but I saw it against LSU. Making that statement that you made, now LSU's game, fourth game of the season. Syracuse up against Middle Tennessee was the second game of the season. So there's been improvement. There has been improvement because Syracuse looked better against LSU, I agree, than they did against Middle Tennessee. Two games later it happened, so that's 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 improvement. What did you take away from the LSU game? I thought – I'm going to tell uh, – well, you know what? Let me ask you a question. I want to load the question. I'm going to tell you after the fact. I don't want to be like, hey, Rob, I saw this, this, and this. What did you see from the LSU game?
1: I saw they played with heart. You know, they they, they they actually were in that game to the point where they, they had a chance. That the game could have went either way, you know, and the play – Playing, it's not Death Valley, excuse me, but the playing um, in Louisiana uh, under those conditions, under that heat, in front of those crazy SEC fans, and to play that well, good for them. You know, it, it, it lets me know that uh, that when, when you when you win battles in practice, it makes battles in games that much easier. Do you understand what I mean by that?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because I mean, it's like it, 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 for, for me. I mean, I was so good at Syracuse because of Michael Owens. I was so good at Syracuse because of Daryl Johnson, and I say that for the simple fact of you know going into my my junior year, it's like I I, I started at the end of my um at the end of my uh, sophomore year as a running back. Then all of a sudden it's like here comes this phenomenal you know sophomore onto the scene, Michael Lawrence. He's wearing number forty four. He was an All American. He was this that and everything. So this is all I'm hearing in the media and all I'm hearing from other players and everything. And like and I had met Michael, but I really didn't know him. You know, but but then that summer, I mean, the coaches made us room room together. And my thinking is, oh, all right, here I am rooming against a guy who, you know, he's like, he coming from a starting job and he's like, you know, I don't know him that well. Or should I be mad? Should I be friends with him? Should I be this? And he probably thought the same thing. You now we talked about it before. He did he, think he, he, the same thing. Here it is, this hometown local boy. It's like, you know, I mean, academic problems coming in. They don't think I'm smart enough to play here, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the friendship. That was formed between me and Mo, putting putting aside all that, you know, all that extracurricular outside stuff. of what the media was saying, what the people were saying, what the town was saying, and just becoming friends. And then when we got into the field, us pushing one another to be better. I would go out there and I would see him do something, and in my mind, think, "Wow, now I got to up my game in practice." I would go out there and do something, and he would be the same thing, like, "Wow, we made each other better, better for the competition." That we competed amongst one another, but when we walked off that field, even on that field, we were the best of friends. You know, that's what I. Could, that's what Syracuse needs to get to—the habit of getting their players and there, being able to compete, compete with one another, but being the best of friends and being able to get along and understanding one another. That's what made Syracuse, even with Daryl Johnson. That's what made us good. That's what made, not not just good. That's what made us great. Uh, that's you- a small, I mean, that's a, and it was interesting that we didn't even know each other, but we were going to keep, keep competing for the same starting running back job and a. Um, uh, uh, the original football team, and they roomed us together that summer. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I, mean, I mean, we talked at some point. I swear, Syracuse tried to try to drive a wedge between me and him so bad, but we never let it happen. We never did. We became the best of friends. You know, that's like I probably probably told you. That's my brother or another mother. You know, it truly
2: is. And that's what he said. And 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 I want to go to that a little bit deeper. When you said, because you said it before. Syracuse tried their darndest to form a wedge between us, but it didn't work. How did you? How did you? How did you see that?
1: I mean, it's just to, to me, he was always mo somebody who I looked up to, to, you know, to make me better. And he looked up to me as a hard worker, the older one who the, the, the made him better. We made each other better. You no, know, I wouldn't have had the career I had at Syracuse without Michael Owens there. And I'm pretty sure he'll tell you he wouldn't have had the career there without me there helping him. Also, we pushed each other to always be better, to always want more from the other person. You know.
2: How did Syracuse in your opinion try to was it was it making you room together what was it that made you feel like they were trying to make you go against each other instead of with each other
1: I mean it's just just a gut feeling that we got we were him coming in and you know just 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 making him feel it's 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 hard to explain you know but but I mean it's it's more so a feeling of um, us competing against each other as individuals as opposed to competing each other against each other as football players you no, know, to me, he was just Mo, you no, know, my boy. And I'm pretty sure he'll tell you I was just drum, his boy. We went out there and we wanted, we wanted to win. We wanted to make Syracuse better. You no, know, so we did that in practice. I mean, we, we laughed all the time when I would mess up a play. He would laugh at me when he would mess up a play. I would laugh at him. But we always made sure to correct one another and tell you just don't matter. just don't uh. Don't mess up the, another. I mean, the next time, we never made, we, we didn't make mistakes because we were always helping one another. When he was in the game, I always paid attention to him and told him what was going on. When I was in the game, he always paid attention to me and let me know what was going on. And DJ the same way. You know, we, we we made each other better. You know, it's without 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 one third of the third three people there, we 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 couldn't have been the same. We wouldn't have been the same players there at all, not even close.
2: To to I mean, and you look at it like this, like you said, you, you had a gut feeling that. Syracuse is trying to drive a wedge between you and Michael. Yet, I mean, isn't it the crazy thing? Like, and I'm going to make an analogy and just, and to the people listening, I'm not saying Syracuse is Donald Trump. I'm not saying this. Just call me on this. Donald Trump's trying to divide the he's bringing them together. And you and Michael, your gut feeling was that they were trying to divide you, but you, but you came together. I mean, didn't it? I mean, obviously it benefited Syracuse by you both playing well. So, you you know what I mean? It's like if the plan was to drive a wedge between the two of you, it, it didn't work. But I mean, would you have ever I mean, should they have ever wanted it to work? Because if it had worked, you would have both canceled each other out.
1: I, I, I don't know what they were trying to do, but all I know is it, it made us stronger. It made us compete more. It made us. It made us the best of friends, you know. Me and Mo always hung out, you know. Road games, we would, go, we would go out like. At the, we had downtime. We would go out to have dinner together, you know, just chill and just hang out, you know, and you know, but even for home games, you know, class and everything. So, it, it, what it, it, the reverse worked because <laughs> we ended up being <laughs> the best of friends, you know.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, and, and before Rob, uh, I let you go. Just uh, a couple quick things. Uh, the LSU game, like I said, I, I would say what I took away from it, special teams played damn near perfect. Yes. They, they pitted they, – and the thing is special teams is, is you never hear about special teams unless you listen to Wake Up Call and maybe a few other people out there. You never hear about special teams, and I'm elated about it because I can talk about it. There's a reason why it's not just called teams. It's called special teams because it's special, because it's important. It literally has in the title how, how much of an integral part of the game it is because it decides where you, it, it's where you are. It's where you're going to be. Your special teams decides where your offense starts and it decides where your defense has to defend from. And Sterling Hofrichter, punter for Syracuse, coming up against Riley, you know, behind Riley Dixon and you're like, oh my God, could anybody be as good as Riley Dixon was? And Sterling Hofrichter pinning the LSU team in Death Valley inside their own five, more than once, putting them on their own one, which brought about a safety. The defense, I said, played about 52 of the 60 minutes of the game. The offense played in the second half. If they had all brought it together, it was going to be a win for Syracuse. And, and I don't think that Ed Ogeron and LSU walked away from this thing feeling like, oh, yay, we won the game, we're so good. I think they walked away from the game almost suffocating, saying thank God we got out of this one alive. And, and for Ed Ogeron, because it's the SEC – that he got out of that one alive. But, you know, Rob, my belief in 14 years of covering sports, I think the boosters are watching Ed Ogeron Ogeron saying, you guys won that game, but to us you lost that game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the SEC doesn't blow a team from the North out. They don't like that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not in any way, stretch, or shape of the imagination. But Syracuse, you know, is showing improvement. And I'm not going to take anything away from LSU – by saying this, because LSU won the game, I just want to make mention that, you know, Sean Riley drops a touchdown pass, and there was drop balls all throughout the game by Syracuse receivers, which is something that they've been plagued with over the first four games, as well as the fact that there was, you know, at least one other moment where an interception was dropped by Syracuse. So there were opportunities that were left on the field for the Orange, And, and I gotta say, Rob, I know I know that people look at wins and losses, and somebody, one of the broadcasters said it. He said, well, you know, he's like, when it's when it's the second to last week of the season, nobody's going to care about how this game was won. They're just going to look at the fact that LSU has X amount of wins and X amount of losses. But to me, I know they say there's no moral victories, and I'm not calling it a moral victory, but this is a this is a loss that showed Syracuse more prepared to face a good team than I've seen in a long time.
1: Uh, you know, it, 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 they they are getting better, you know, and, and, and that's a good sign. You know, but as I said before, you know, you got you got to uh, as far as long as this program has been done, you got to start getting those wins. You know, those wins, you know, wins heal, you know, all all that ails you. You know,
2: <laughs> absolutely. And I want to make mention here in closing that while we were talking, Anthony Weiner was sentenced to 21 months in prison for sexting. I wanted to let you know that. <laughs> well, <laughs> 21 months. It's my favorite number. But yeah, Anthony Weiner, who every time they told him to to put his last name away, he did not, and he's going to jail for 21 months. So there you go, Rob. You and I spoke about people needing to pay for stuff, which is obviously a lot bigger than this, but normally normally politicians are protected. But apparently a man who didn't protect his own junk is now going into jail to uh, share it with everybody. Interesting. (laughs) So Anthony Weiner, number one thing trending on Twitter right now. Jesus knows I would never think that I would ever say that my entire broadcasting career, that a man named Weiner is going to jail for showing it. Rob, as always, I appreciate having you on the show. There is more than enough work to do in this world, and I'm more than pleased to lock arms with one of the best people in the world that I know, and I look forward to making this world a better place for your kids, my future kids, and for us, because, damn it, before I leave here, I want to make sure I left it better. So thank you for what you're doing.
1: All right, Dan, you also.
2: All right, man. Take care. Later. Hey, coming from Rob Drummond once again, Robert Drummond. That's my guy. One of my best friends in the entire planet. So, love him so much. And, uh, I love. I mean, I love talking with Michael Owens and love, <sighs> you know. And the only thing with Michael, Michael and I have only talked a, a few times. You know, I'm sure we'll become friends, too, and, and have some time to spend. If, if he's a friend of Rob Drummond, then he's probably a friend of mine. And you know, that's when you're around good people. You know, if, if you're around a good person, you know, they surround themselves with good people. And in that respect, you know, you get a lot of good people around you. So Rob's one of the best. He's one of the best people I know in the world. And I love the guy. So a lot of work to do. We joked about some stuff at the end. There's a lot of work to do. So you got to joke about it. You have to have a sense of humor when you're, when, okay. Think about it this way. If you're, a construction worker, and you're building a building that's 70 stories high. If you don't have humor, being out in 90 degree heat like today, you ain't gonna <laughs> you ain't gonna have a good time building that building. But Rob and I are like, listen, there's a lot of work to do, and it's gonna be a b. But let's laugh through it. Let's laugh as we sweat, because when the building is finally built and we can stand and we can look at it, Rob and I can be proud. So here's to Rob and I building what God wants us to build, and for you joining us and putting some of those support beams into this thing and screwing everything in and making sure it's done and laughing the whole way through it. We'll take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on Mixlr.com/backslash WakeUpCallDT, the live feed itself. You're going to hear from our the rest of our partners, and you've heard from them all throughout the show in Central and Upstate New York that are so wonderful. And do so many great things in the community. And then I will wrap up the show and get you set for tomorrow.
0: This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Hi, this is Sal Lamedico, owner and operator of Sal's Pizza and Restaurant, 41 East Genesee Street in the village of Baldur'sville. We're family-owned and operated since 2002. We take pride in customer service and quality of food, where it's paramount we don't choose between both. We offer carry-out, delivery, and cater, or you can bring your family and friends in and enjoy a friendly staff and comfortable atmosphere. Trivia is offered once a week, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Call us at 315-638-8505 or visit us online at we or here at Sal's Pizza Restaurant for more than pizza. 315- That's 315-702-4653 Or contact us through our website LGWeddingsAndEvents.com Looking Glass Events Giving you a reason to celebrate
1: The
2: Wildcats Sports Club In Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat Family Friendly Sports Pub and Restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. DT. want to thank all my partners that I get to proudly work with in Central and Upstate New York. A big shout-out to each and every single one of you, which include, and I want to make sure that I mention every single one of them here, I want to thank Carvel DeWitt, and Staggerwall, Downtown, as well as FanHands.com, Honda City of Liverpool, Market Diner, Utica Pizza Company, Looking Glass Events, The Pen & Trophy Center, Giovanni's Tuxedos, The Wildcat Sports Pub, Sales Restaurants in Baldwinsville, Green's Al House and Grill, all the games all the time in Oswego. Manja Italian Grill that will become Muddy Waters once again, and I am more than ecstatic. I should do a video of how I reacted to that. Dr. Tim Whiting of 315 Chiropractic. Sammy Malone's, drysiglady.com, drysigapparel.com, D R E I s-s-i-g is how you spell dry sig check them out there local company doing great things here in the community and all across the world and of course lj Papaleo, my real estate agent that helped me find my home and my new place for my business gilbo realty with lj Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson Big ups to each and every single one of you. I will be at Green's Oswego tomorrow, Tuesday, September 26th at 7 p.m. You're all invited. Come out and see us. The exclusive Oswego State Lakers Coaches Show is only brought to you by Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. I am privileged. I am honored. And we are starting our second season at Green's Ale House and Grill. And it is our first show at Green's Ale House and Grill. Second season of the exclusive Coaches Show with Wake Up Call presenting you the Oswego State Lakers coaches from all across their sports programs. We're starting off the second season in the first show at Green's Ale House and Grill with Dan Kane, the men's soccer head coach of the Oswego State Lakers. I'm pumped, I'm ready, and I'm amped to be up in Oswego at 7 p.m. Tuesday, September 26th. You better be out there to see us. We're going to have a great time. With that being said, tomorrow's show, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. I'm going to bring it for you like I always brought it and that is going to be what what did my wife say she likes the show bring she likes the movie bring it on it's like bring it on and the girl's like it's already been brought in (laughs) so we're gonna bring it tomorrow Tuesday September 26th in the morning in the a.m. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time on the prowl we'll start off as it does every single week talk on the Jacksonville Jaguars we will go on the prowl with Jacksonville Jaguar conversation and then we will move into the entire NFL. It is a jam-packed, wall-to-wall NFL show, giving you week three, what I took away from it, notes from each of the games. So make sure you're here with me Tuesday, September 26, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com backslash wakeupcallDT. for on the prowl, it's featuring Jacksonville Jaguars talk, followed by the entire NFL of week three, as we look back on week three in the NFL, as well as the things that are going on outside of the sport itself in the NFL was as we look back on week three. And then Tuesday, September 26th night at 7 p.m., I'll see you at Green's Ale House and Grill in Oswego with some awesome wings and awesome conversation with Dan Kane and the exclusive, exclusive Oswego State Lakers coaches show proudly brought to you by Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. There is no other way that I can end this show except by doing this. So I am more than proud to end the show with a big shout out, and I hope he doesn't mind to Lupe Fiasco with these words.
3: I'm a part of the problem. My problem is I'm peaceful, and I believe in the people. Yeah, it's a yeah.
2: those words, very profound. I'm part of the problem and the problem is I'm peaceful and I'm a man of the people. Perfect way to bring the show full circle today. Shout out to Lupe Fiasco. If you never heard the song, go listen to it. It's called Words I Never Said by Lupe Fiasco. Very profound. I love words that that are inspirational and make me move. So just really awesome, and uh, and it is a real rapper spitting real truth. So thank you to Lupe Fiasco for that. I couldn't figure out a better way to end the show than doing that. I just uh, I literally, as I was talking to Rob and Michael, I was like, i got to find this song, and I found it before the end of the show, so I'm very happy I did. I'll talk with you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, on the prowl, Jacksonville Jaguars talk, the entire NFL talk, fantasy football, week three, all that good stuff. And then tomorrow night, 7 p.m., I will see you out in Oswego. We're going to have some good time with the Oswego State Lakers soccer team and head coach Dan Kane, who's bringing it in his first year. God bless you. Be well. Have a great day today. I hope you took something positive from the conversations we had on the show today and every day of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. I love you so much, and I want to tell you that because I don't know you, and so you're like, Dan, How can I? how can you love me? People that know me don't love me. You know, you might be somebody who feels like you don't have that love. Well, I love you, and I'm telling you that I love you because you were cut from the same cloth that I was cut from, irregardless of background, nationality, religion, faith, color, whatever, sexual orientation. So I want to establish that you know somebody out there loves you and wants the best for you. Please go out and do something good in the community today. Do good in the world today. Don't listen to people that are hateful. Pray for them and then go out and do something nice. Okay. Never stoop to the level of somebody who's already at the bottom. Okay. Stoop to the level. uh, Never. How do I word this? Never stoop to anyone's level. Rise. Rise. Okay. Please always rise. And and know that I'm praying for every single one of you, and and man, this world's gonna get better, and I know it is, and we're gonna be a part of the, we're gonna be a part of this positive change, and it's gonna feel so good. And when when God finally takes me, I'm not gonna have anything, any baggage on my back, and I'm gonna be laying in bed, God willing, someday, a long, long, long time from now, in my hundreds, like my grandmother, peaceful, well, happy, healthy, and safe, and I'm gonna be looking up at God and looking up at that light and saying, you know what, God. I can feel good about what I did here, and it's time for me to go home and do some awesome things. So I got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of work to do. But darn it, we are going to build that building together, and we're going to laugh while we sweat, and we're going to have some fun. Thank you to Rob Drummond. Thank you to Mike Owens. And thank you to you for listening to today's show. Have a great, wonderful, beautiful day. Make sure you become a member of MixLR.com backslash wakeupcallDT. Download the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the Wake Up Call app powered by Podbean all on wakeupcalldt.com. They're all on the homepage for you, right on the top. Just click on the logos. It makes it very easy. I put them all in one place. You did not have to search for every one of them individually. And just be good, man. Just be good. Be awesome. Okay? And if you wear a green shirt and I wear a blue shirt, guess what? I still love you. <laughs> you know, just don't wear a swastika. That's the thing. You know, let's be good to each other and let's uh, let's do the right thing. So God bless. Have a great day. I'm so at peace right now. It makes me want to cry. I hope you can feel that on the other side of this microphone. And I hope that we can all feel that as a people very, very soon. Have a good day. God bless. I love you, G-Mama. This show's for you because you taught me. How to be the person that I am today. And you taught me to never hate and you taught me to always do the right thing and keep my nose clean and be a good boy. So, G Mama, I uh, I'm I'm man, so proud that I had a leader like you to teach me the right things in this world. Have a good day, guys. And ladies and children.